the documentation process is extremely, extremely process intensive. When I say process intensive, there's a lot of go back and forth going and there's a lot of continual improvement you have to do. It's not like you're in a supply chain and you pass it on to someone else and then it goes to someone else. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast, where Gowri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world, and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Selvaraju Murugeshan, data strategist at Govai.co. Welcome, Selva, to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, thanks, Gauri. Uh, thank you for having me, and I'm doing well. Thank you. Fantastic. So, Selva, please explain a little bit more about yourself. Uh, we have gone through your LinkedIn profile, and you've done uh, some amazing job. Uh, definitely, your educational background. You need to mention that, and also, how did you initially got into documentation? Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I I have an engineering degree in mechatronics, and after that, I did my post graduation in electronics engineering. And after that, I kind of went into this uh, field of artificial intelligence that drove me uh, into doing my uh, uh, PhD in artificial intelligence and computational mathematics. And I've been working in the past with a lot of uh, managing big teams and doing a lot of AI-related projects. And, uh, and I had a, quite a good experience in terms of data analytics and applying AI and things like that. And during my career, um, I stumbled upon um, uh, an amazing SaaS product company, Coway.co, where I currently work now. And I started writing a lot of blogs because I want to get my, um, get readers excited about the product, new features and things like that. So I started writing about blogs. And then I stumbled upon writing a lot of product feature blogs where you have to explain the, the product feature in a, a customer language. And it has to be published and has to be well received by customers and so on. And then later on, by seeing my blogs and other feature blogs, my line manager actually asked me, do you want to look at um, the documentation team? Do you want to go and manage that? That's how I stumbled upon the documentation field. But having said that, uh, I've been writing a lot of theses and papers during my lifetime. And I have a natural inclination towards writing uh, documentation. Gauri? Super. So as someone who has extensive experience in data analytics and has multiple degrees, coming back to your uh, background again, yeah. what is that one thing about the world of documentation and content writing that has surprised you? Look, the, what I found uh, really interesting and also surprising is the documentation process is extremely, extremely process intensive. Um, when I say process intensive, there's a lot of go back and forth going, and there's a lot of continual improvement you have to do. It's not, it's not like um, you're in a supply chain and uh, you pass it on to someone else and then it goes to someone else and it gets done in no time. The documentation process uh, has a lot of process component in it. For example, uh, if you look at it, uh, one of the process could be getting um, the requirements and the, the feature uh, KT from your all your developers when they are building a new product features. Then after that, 
the content writer have to write a draft copy. And then again, it has to go through a, a multiple rigorous and stringent quality assurance process. And after that, um, you have to do this a lot of optimization in terms of uh, how you want this to be ranked in your Google and so on. And uh, that's not that's not done once it's published because again, after once it's published, you have to do a post review um, because you have to look at uh, what the customers are actually saying. Uh, is there any nuances the content writer might have missed out um, while they were while the product was in, in the build? Um, so those are those are the things that I found it very surprising because it's very very process intensive process, yeah, intensive exercise. Okay, cool. So, uh, so just um, to elaborate a little bit more on the process, uh, Silva. So, what is your mm -hmm. documentation process at Kowai.co, and uh, who does normally get involved in it? Yeah, look, the the stakeholders who are actually involved in uh, are uh, the developers themselves who actually build the feature, and then after that, we have a quality assurance team, the the, the people who do a lot of testing on the product, so they're also involved. Uh, on the top, we also involve a lot of customer support and uh, sales uh, people also involved uh, as one of the stakeholders. Um, in terms of the process, the way uh, we worked out is we kind of formalized the whole process. So we set up uh, an internal business process to streamline the whole documentation process. So uh, it consists of two parts, two components to it. One is pre-release. Uh, the pre-release process is where the content writer go and sit with the developers to get the KT, uh, the knowledge transfer is done from the developers to the content writers. And then the next step uh, is the content writers goes and produce a draft. It's a draft content, uh, which has high level, com uh, high level um, idea about what the product feature would be. And then after that, it goes through a lot of quality assurance process. The QA team, the quality assurance team is involved. Uh, sometimes also comes back to the developers. They have to also check whether the technical accuracy is uh, correct. And also they have to check with the nuances. Um, if there is some kind of a limitation with the product feature, is there anything that is not applicable with the feature, they have to be outright. And uh, that's an iterative process by itself. It goes back and forth between the content writers and the devs and the QA process. And once that's done and dusted, uh, we believe that that would have got at least 80% quality uh, in that um, content. And after that, it comes to an editorial process where I manage the editorial uh, the, the process side of things, where I look at, uh, is there any kind of typos? Uh, how does this uh, content or actually fits with the whole product uh, vision? Is the language e easy to follow? Is the flow easy to follow? So I look at all those things. And after that, it goes through uh, some kind of an SEO process. Uh, we do a lot of search engine optimization where the content writers they work with all our web team to come up with the right meta tags and description for that article. They got to publish, and after that, it gets published. So this is the pre-release process. It's a very stringent and rigorous process. As I said, it's, it's a iterative component. If you look at the post-release process, we look at uh, from two aspects. First is the customer feedback. The moment the product documentation is released, along with the product um, release cycle, uh, the customers, they jump on and then they try to figure out what this feature is all about. They come to our documentation site and they read all of our, our content. And then after that, they leave some feedback if it's um, if it does not meet their expectation. And we and we are very quick to in reacting and fixing up those customer feedback. 
Um, I think that gives us an overview, Gauri, in terms of um, our business process and what our um, documentation process, uh, document workflow will look like. Absolutely, Silva. It looks like uh, it's a very intense uh, process you have in Kovai.co and yeah. also too many teams involved, but making sure the contents are serving its purpose. So just listening to this uh, tedious process, now how do you manage your documentation workflow? Yeah, look, um, as I said, um, we definitely need some kind of a software to, to do this. Uh, otherwise, if you're doing it manually, it's, it's hard to track which state or which state, uh, state of which state each content articles are in. Uh, and it is hard to track using Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. So we usually use a product called Document 360. And it has this nice workflow uh, feature where you can actually design your workflows. And what we did was we took our internal business process and uh, we designed all our workflow in Document 360 um, that suits and matches our business, internal business process. And we use Document 360 uh, Workflow Manager uh, to orchestrate all the uh, workflows inside the uh, during the whole documentation lifecycle. And uh, one of the good thing about um, the, using a software tool that is that you can actually keep track of the SLAs because we have a strict SLA in terms of publishing documentation. And we also need to look at what's the time frame that each um, content uh, goes into different phase of documented lifecycle. For example, is it sitting in a peer review for more than three days? Uh, is it sitting in a SEO for more than two days? So we actually, uh, this tool actually helps us to come up with some kind of a analytics so that we can also manage the workflow and the process itself. Interesting. Um, so just coming back to the content rating part, where do you think the content rating field is heading? Yeah, look, the content raters are amazing. I mean, in terms of how they uh, think and write. Um, and I believe that the content rating field as such um, is still a matured field. Uh, if you look at it, the, uh, the English language hasn't been changed. Um, other than, you know, we have a lot, lot of lingos and slangs added to the dictionary. Um, there, there's always a constant, uh, you know, the, the language hasn't changed. The way we actually express things is also quite stagnant. Um, if, you, if you look at the choice of words we use. The content writing field have to embrace this, all these new digital technologies that's coming up that can help them. Uh, when I say uh, new digital technologies, all these new capabilities such as artificial intelligence, uh, it, it will definitely help the content writers um, in, in creating new content and also help them with, um, uh, you know, not the content writers don't have to do a lot of mundane and repeated tasks. Um, I feel like there are, there are a few tools out there. I'll just name a few. There's a tool called Persado and Wordsmith. They use a lot of AI technology to help uh, content writers to write better content. And all this AI, uh, artificial intelligence capabilities, it actually helps the content writers um, in a lot of ways. Uh, for example, they can actually auto-suggest what's the next word they have to write. For example, when they write a sentence, and uh, it actually gives you a bit of a predictive text on what the next word might be. Uh, the content writers have a choice now. Either they can actually accept what the AI suggests or they can actually ignore. Guess what? If they ignore the next word they give and the content writers have their own expressive language and they put in a new word, guess what? The AI actually learns over a period of time. That's the amazing thing about AI. Next time, uh, this can be applied to all the people who actually use the AI capability. 
which means uh, the democratization of their uh, expressiveness is going to happen. And the other way an AI can help is they can help to automate uh, spell checks, they can do semantics things, and they also have this dictation features. They don't have to write all the time using a, a Word document or some kind of other tools they have. <laughs> Instead, they can actually dictate. And the amazing other thing is uh, most of the, the tools right now, they have this readability score. And they'll give you how, how good um, they are in that uh, scale. And they'll also suggest in terms of what can be done to improve the quality of the content. Cool. So it looks like you are more of a technology and tools person. Yes, Kerry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, can you suggest or uh, can you tell us what are some of the new tools or capabilities that content writers should be aware in order to become successful in future? Yeah, that's a good question, Gary. Look, I think the uh, in terms of writing, I believe that a lot of these new digital capabilities will obviously um, um, at least help the content writers in a lot of times. And a lot of things can be automated in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, um, the content writers need to embrace the artificial intelligence technology. Uh, they, they need to think, they need to think um, artificial intelligence as a complementary to their abilities, and they should not treat uh, the new technology uh, as a barrier or as a, as someone who will take away the jobs. Um, so those are the things I could think. But having said that, the creativeness in the content writers always exists. They need to improvise that. They need to think about, um, you know, like uh, in terms of how they can actually research the content. What are the nuances behind the topic? What are the context? In you have to write this uh, content. Those are the things that AI cannot cannot create or duplicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Super. So we spoke um, a lot about the process and the workflow for documentation. Now, mm -hmm. um, what is a healthy knowledge base, Silver, according to you? Um, yeah. And any tips you can throw to keep yeah. a healthy knowledge base? Yeah, look, healthy knowledge base, uh, it's like uh, every human being, they always do this uh, annual um, health check to make sure they are fit. So I believe that the whole knowledge base should have some kind of the same similar concept. Uh, if you look at the health of the knowledge base, pretty much it, uh, depends on the quality of the article you have and the timely update of that uh, articles. So um, one of the suggestions uh, to keep... Uh, to keep your knowledge base healthy is to do a periodic review of all your knowledge base articles. Uh, you have to put some article reminders so that you get reminded to refresh the content. And this content should be periodically refreshed based on the release cycle that's going on. For example, in one release, you'll have this amazing uh, feature and the next release, the UX might change, which means you have to go back to your old content and then update them with new, new screenshots of your UX or make a new video to tell the customers on how to use that uh, new product feature in the new AI, new UX. So that's one thing. And the other uh, aspect of healthy knowledge base is you have to focus on the articles that are very fundamental or essential to your audience. So obviously for every um, SaaS product, there is a core product offering. So, and then uh, for the core product offering that you will write some 10 to 15 articles, which are very important for that um, product to function. And then also this documentation helps your all your new users to get adapted to your product. 
So focus on those um, articles that are very fundamental to your product. And if you do these two uh, over a period of time, obviously, I believe that your knowledge base will look healthy. Absolutely. So again, once again, thank you for those uh, tips on keeping okay. the knowledge base healthy. And as you rightly said, as humans, we do our uh, uh, yearly checkups, yeah. right? <laughs> MOT. We even do MOT for our cars. So yeah, <laughs> it's like an MOT yeah. for your knowledge base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nicely put it. Yeah. <laughs> Super. So you might have answered this uh, question to me already, but uh, let me ask you explicitly one more time. So how do you report on your documentation and who do you report to? Yeah, uh, look, I report to the whole team, but uh, um, the whole team about the, the, the our documentation uh, life cycle. More importantly, uh, I also report uh, to the CEO because he believes that the product and the documentation are uh, should go together. They are like brothers and sisters. You can't separate them. And I fundamentally believe that uh, the, the product documentation uh, will obviously strengthen your product offering. Uh, in comes to, when it comes to reporting, there are a few metrics you report on the health of the knowledge base. Uh, when I say health of the knowledge base, uh, we also report on how many articles we, uh, um, how many old articles we reviewed and make sure they are up to date. So that uh, metrics is there. And there are other metrics we also report on. For example, we look at the geography of how many people come, where the people are actually coming from, where our readers are coming from. This is essential uh, because um, if the product is capturing few geographical area, we want to make sure that uh, all the content, all the readers are from that particular geography area is coming and visiting our documentation site. And we also look at some something like our customer feedback, how many customers left the feedback on our articles and how many of them we actually answered and then amended some of our existing um, articles. Mm -hmm. um, we also check on performance, how many likes, dislikes we have. If there's too many dislikes, probably the content writers need to go and rewrite the content or uh, because it's not helping the customers. We also um, take action based on some of those performance metrics. And the other reporting metrics I do is broken links because most many of our knowledge base content articles are actually have a lot of links to inter internal articles and sometimes to an external side as well. You want to make sure that there's no broken links happening inside our uh, knowledge base because it's a, it obviously have a bad user experience. So we report on how many broken links we have. Uh, the ideal number is zero. We should not have never happen. But sometimes it happens because of um, uh, some process, uh, some manual errors. But having said that, we actually reinforce them using our own process uh, as part of our documentation uh, business process. Super. So uh, we spoke a lot about uh, new technologies, AI, and um, uh, tips on how you can manage your uh, knowledge base. So in your opinion, what has been the most important innovation when it comes to document tracking? Yeah, when it comes to... I believe that uh, the technology has actually um, taken a, a have given a huge leap for all this um, content writers and also in the worries in the documentation field. Uh, I, I believe that the fun, the biggest innovation is in the artificial intelligence. What it can help, uh, how it can actually help the content writers in terms of suggestive uh, new words or spell check or semantic check readability score. Or it could be it could be uh, or 
as simple as automating a lot of the tasks for content writers. And AI can actually look at uh, what is the mundane repetitive task uh, a content writer does, and uh, they can then AI can actually automate the whole process. And more importantly, I believe that the new technologies have a lot of recommendation engines. So okay. it actually suggests what the content writers or the whole uh, portal will suggest you what they need to do. So there are a few innovations happening in the artificial intelligence space, especially this natural language processing, which is very, um, very focused on the content writers community. Sorry. Super. So again, AI, good to know. Um, one thing we've not um, discussed is uh, the current documentation that you manage at covai.co. Is it a um, uh, publicly available one? And uh, do you know if there are any organic search traffic being generated? Uh, yes, Gauri. Look, all the documentations are public uh, uh, because it's a product documentation and all the customers around the world, mm -hmm. they need to access our documentation site. So it's public. In terms of um, in terms of organic search, we do a lot of SEO. The, the product we actually use for managing our documentation has has good capable as as amazing capability in terms of um, uh, for SEO. Uh, we can actually provide the title, the meta title for the article content, along with the slug and also the meta description. And uh, these three things play a major role in in having a good ranking in Google search. And we actually optimize all these things, and we also add relevant tags, and we and there are some good best practices we actually implement in writing the content to make sure that a lot of organic search happens through Google, and we also monitor this through through our Google Analytics and also the Google Console. Sorry. All right, fantastic. Um, I think with that we are done with all the general questions. Silva, are you okay Excellent. to go move to the rapid fire round? Yeah, sure, sure, Gauri. Super. So who have you learned the most about documentation in your career? Uh, look, I would say uh, there are a lot of people, uh, especially I follow a lot of people from Google and AWS. Mm -hmm. I can't name one, but there are good content writers in Google and AWS community. Super. Uh, so you did mention that you follow a lot of people. So can you share um, a few of documentation related resources you have consumed recently? Yeah, um, look, uh, I listen, there's good blogs on contentwriters.com uh, and there are a lot of content writers, they embrace this, I would rather be uh, writing community, but I'm a big fan of this contentwriters.com community. They have very good blogs um, for all the content writers. All the content writers, okay. Yeah. Okay, super. So I would rather be writing and also all the content writers. Great. Super. Yeah. So, my last question, Silva, uh, is what is that one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> All right, <laughs> so that's an interesting question. Uh, look, uh, I would say um, be patient um, because when you write documentation, one of the biggest uh, skills you need to have is be patient and attentive to what the developers say because if you're not patient and you can rush into your conclusion, and you might get that document, the content uh, wrong. Um, so it's very, very important to be patient. Yes, the most needed ingredient for the generation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Super. So Selva, has there anything I missed to pick up during this conversation, but you would like to convey to our audience today? Uh, not much, Gauri, uh, but one of the things I can uh, 
tell your reader um, to your or your podcast listeners is um, think about AI, think about how AI can actually help uh, the content writers, uh, embrace it, and also try to use those technologies for your own advantage. Yeah, yes, correct. <laughs> nice. So I think um, uh, this podcast is really interesting, Silva, especially um, you talking more and more on AI and the recent technologies and how it can help with uh, content writing and documentation. It's mm-hmm. been an uh, amazing uh, 20 minutes so far. And uh, thank you once again for um, sharing this uh, these details with, uh, with the audience. And um, good luck with uh, the upcoming documentation and any, anything that uh, you are going to be spending. Um, so, yep. Have a good day, Silva. All right. Thank you, Gauri. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.